0: This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, Episode 131, Franchise of the Planet of the Apes. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Strangers. (laughs) To boldly say what needs to be said.
1: Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? Truth, exactly. I am your father's best friend, Homer.
0: Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes, Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Sci fi forgot
1: the very first thing that God did so is right? was that He created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello, and welcome to Strangers and Aliens on the Planet of the <laughs> Apes.
0: I thought you were going to say hello and welcome to the planet of the apes. Uh, I almost
1: did. <laughs> <laughs> hello and welcome to the planet of the strangers and aliens. Strangers
0: of the apes. Strangers, yeah. All... Strange
1: aliens. Uh, I'm Ben Avery, and I am here with one of my partners in crime.
0: We're criminals now? Cool. No, no,
1: we're not criminals. We're just partners in crime.
0: What?
1: That's to say if we ever needed to do a crime, we'd partner up. Oh, But that's what that criminals... Makes implies we already have partnered up. that we're partners in crime. Oh. Just just go ahead and introduce yourself.
0: <laughs> Hi, I'm Steve McDonald. <laughs> Definitely not Dr. Jace.
1: Uh, no, and Dr. Jace is not with us. Um, we're talking about Planet of the Apes, and guess what? Dr. What? Jace is not really a fan of, of Planet of the Apes. No. I really think he should be.
0: Well, I can really.
1: I think at least these last two movies, I think he'd enjoy. But I don't know. We're gonna have have an intervention. Intervention (laughs) on the Planet of the
0: Apes. (laughs) Well, I have to admit that I haven't seen the last two movies either.
1: You should. You should. I'm not. I'm not going to spoil my review of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. No, I'm totally going to spoil it. You should go see it. (laughs) It's really, really good. Rise of the Planet of the Apes and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes are, are really pretty good. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes um, there's some predictability to it but you're okay with it because the performances and the special effects my
0: my favorite was Tony Orlando and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes
1: (laughs) I'm not going to go there sorry
0: that was like a 1970s joke wasn't it
1: yeah I was going to go to the Godfather (laughs) Um, because Bud Rogers uh, who does the retcon comic he wants to do a comic that's Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, but it'd be Don Corleone from
0: oh, The Godfather. Okay. D-O-N. And, yeah, D-O-N. D-O-N. Oh, D O N. Yeah,
1: D O N. Dawn. Got it. Dawn. Of I think the I. Of the
0: Apes. I think I got it. Yeah.
1: yeah, I wanted to go with Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and show um, an ape who's doing dishes and is using <laughs> Dawn dish soap. And, but I like his. His is a little more. Uh, I don't know more pop culture, and mine is a little more just itchy, just weak, <laughs> weak, weak,
0: just a little more horrible, weak
1: pun, you know. So, so we're here to talk about Planet of the Apes, the franchise, and we're not going to touch Dawn of the Planet of the Apes much. It might come up in conversation like it just did, but that will be its own review, its own episode, as soon as I can find someone who has seen it and wants to talk about it. <laughs> so, um. I can't imagine anyone who's seen it not wanting to talk about it, but you have to see I, it to want to talk about it, I think.
0: I so. guess, yeah.
1: So we're not going to go there right now. This conversation is going to be done in four parts, and there will be spoilers. We will be spoiling some of these movies. Um, we're going to try... I, I'm i going to do, do my best not to spoil Rise of the Planet of the Apes, only from 2011. But 1968... Planet of the Apes. If you haven't seen it, go see it now. Yeah, if you are a sci-fi fan and you haven't seen that movie sense. yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just we're going to be talking about themes and we're going to be talking about ideas and we're going to be talking about um people ripping them off and we're going to you know, just different <laughs> things like that. And yeah, we're you need to have seen at least the original and actually let's do that for people who have not seen Planet of the Apes and who don't want to be spoiled. And so they're going to turn off this conversation in just a moment here, but don't turn it off yet because I'm going to recommend a couple of these movies to you and, and recommend watching some of these. So Steve, do you, do you have any idea of, of how you would recommend the movies from the, the franchise? What would you recommend um, from the franchise? Just, just from the offset.
0: Well, the first two.
1: <clears throat> okay.
0: Because, it just it's it's a movie and a sequel. So you get that and if that doesn't spur you on to want to watch more, you know, gun monkey movies, then you're you you just got the two and that's that's fine. You're yeah.
1: done. And we're kind of the way we're structuring the conversation is to talk about those two, the movie and its sequel and then the next two which are basically, you know, linked together and then the the fifth movie And the TV shows we're going to talk a little bit about. And then the fourth part of the conversation will be about the reboots, including Tim Burton and then the the new set that they're doing. Um, But the the way I recommend watching things, if you have not seen Planet of the Apes, watch the original. That is sci-fi homework. Okay, I enjoy it, and you might enjoy it too, dear listener. But if you aren't enjoying it, it's still something. It's sci-fi homework. You've probably had it spoiled for you. By The Simpsons or by the DVD cover of the movie.
0: Stop the Planet of the Apes, I want to get Uh, off.
1: (laughs) Dr. Zeus, Dr. Zeus, Dr. Zeus, Dr. Zeus, Dr. Zeus.
0: I hate every (laughs) ape I see from chimpanzee Chimpanzee to chimpanzee. chimpanzee.
1: (laughs) Yes. There's just something special about that episode. That
0: is just an amazing parody yes I can't even I I would recommend that
1: Uh, that would definitely be recommended above some of the movies we're going to talk about Um, I recommend the original top tier that's that's the one to watch second tier I recommend the the reboots the 2011 Rise of the Planet of the Apes 2014 Dawn of the Planet of the Apes Um, and and then a, a kind of secondary second tier is Beneath the Planet of the Apes and escape from planet of the apes and conquest of the planet of the apes. So if you're if you're with me on this and you want to you like the original one, then watch the other the three that follow for sure. Um Battle for the Planet of the Apes, only watch it if you really feel compelled to finish <laughs> the series. The TV show, only watch it if you're a freak like me, okay? And and I enjoy the TV show because it's it's that Two guys on the run, it's the fugitive, on the planet of the apes. Freak. Yeah, it only lasted what fourteen episodes, I think.
0: Something like
1: that. Yeah, yeah, fourteen episodes. A couple were never even aired <laughs> during its original <laughs> run. Um,
0: but Roddy McDowell was was part of that, right? Well,
1: you know what, Roddy McDowell is what makes the Planet of the Apes work so well, mm-hmm. and and we're, we'll get to Roddy McDowell in a moment here, but um, and as for the reboot tim burton's reboot again i like that one you might like it if you're want something a little more glossy but not um but kind of the big dumb movie um yeah tim burton's planet of the apes is visual it is meant for it's it, he's a visual director and so story eh? it's okay <laughs> you know tim burton a story, story? we don't need no story we got yeah. me yeah. I, so I, Tim I come movie. up with visual stuff. <laughs> and I put the visual stuff on the screen and then you see it because it's visual. I'm Tim Burton.
0: I don't need a story.
1: That's <laughs> probably the single most awful Tim Burton um, <laughs> ever. <laughs> I'm Tim Burton. I don't what need Tim story. We're talking about story. So we'll get to Tim Burton again in a moment. But. Hey, everybody.
0: I'm Tim Burton.
1: So, yeah, first tier, top tier, go see Planet of the Apes, the original. And then if you like that, watch the next three. Um, the second one, it's tough going sometimes, but mm-hmm. you need it. You need to watch the whole thing.
0: Um, oh, do you?
1: Well, I you, I could write down some time codes for you to say, okay, I'm going to skip from here to here. Because you could just follow the Taylor part. But there you go. Yeah. there's some stuff in the middle where it drags. And, and there
0: is – can we just say at the, right at the beginning, if you don't think you would like – the the move the, the first movie, there is a half an hour version of the movie, yes, done as a Twilight Zone episode.
1: Yes, we have talked about this before. Yeah,
0: and it's really well done. It um, like streamlines the story, and it puts it in it, it's. I think it's black and white and everything. It, it just, is.
1: They even they, they even took Rod Serling. Yeah. Some, his monologue from one episode at the beginning and his monologue mm-hmm. from another episode, they put it at the end.
0: Yeah, and made it. Um,
1: I wonder if we did a link to it already on our website. I'm pretty sure has. we've done that. Um, yeah, I guess not. But if you do a search for Planet of the Apes Twilight Zone Recut, I think that's what you can do. Yep. Nope. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Nope what if planet of the apes was a twilight zone episode that's an article that it brought up and now we're just this is really interesting television right we're we're giving everyone just what they want Ben doing a google search
0: (laughs) (sighs) you know there is a thing called editing
1: there is but I just don't enjoy it that much (laughs)
0: there is a thing called the cutting room floor
1: yeah but I just don't like it that much well
0: it likes you
1: here it is it's on youtube the twilight zone lost episode and i'm just that's all i'm going to say from that the forbidden zone that's the website that it's found on
0: forbidden zone
1: yep the forbidden-zone.com and there it is from youtube yeah well i'm not going to watch it right now though what am i doing Anyway, yeah, it's a half-hour cut, and it's done as a twilight because Rod Serling is, is one of the writers of the script of that original Planet of the Apes movie. Oh, so that's right, yeah. I th- that's why they thought to cut it that way. Let's uh, let's talk about these movies then. Okay, okay. So part one of our conversation is Planet of the Apes and Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes is nineteen sixty-eight, and Rod Serling has written a screenplay. Based on a book by Pierre Boulle Who's known for Bridge Over the River Kwai
0: Like a bridge
1: Yeah, I think that's where the that song came from When Simon and Garfunkel were Going to write a, a, you know, a little love song
0: Something like that
1: Hey, about... you know that war movie about those guys Who built the bridge and then blew it up? Yeah, it's a river, great, great metaphor river, I'm Paul Simon And was... I sound just like Tim Burton Those waters were pretty troubled Yeah yeah, story? We don't need story. We got a song. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the the original book was was um, it, it was a French novel, and it was called Base. I'm not gonna try and say the Monkey Planet. It's Monkey Planet though, and yeah. they did change the title for the book I mean, for the movie, which is Monkeys smart.
0: With guns. Yeah,
1: not really, not but something like that. uh, so here is. The book is very different, but I enjoy the book i I read it years ago. I enjoyed it because it was different. The planet of the Apes or the monkey planet as, whichever you would call it is actually more modern it's it's almost as if well it's basically you know us in the nineteen sixties with a little bit more technology for for space flight and that kind of thing, and so our human character lands there, finds out oh there's apes everywhere and they're talking and um. <laughs> And and then ends up escaping the planet and, and getting back onto his spaceship, which was in orbit. And then there's some t- other twists involved. There's actually two two twists. And I'm not going to tell the twists because, you know, the, the movie, 1968, it's been spoiled for you or you've seen it. But the book, you might not have read. So, yeah. But Rod Serling took the book, gave it, you know, his once over. They brought in another screenwriter as well to do some script changes. It's named Michael Wilson. It was directed by Franklin J. Schaffner and produced by Arthur P. Jacobs and distributed. Boring. It was 20th Century Fox. And so they, they uh, needed some hits. And they had one. 1968. So the movie stars Moses. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we talked about, way back at the beginning of, of Strangers and Aliens, we talked a little bit about Charlton Heston and how mm-hmm. he went from uh, playing Moses to playing a follower of Christ in Ben-Hur, mm-hmm. to playing Christ himself in the Omega Man, where he's basically the Messiah figure, to coming to this movie, Planet of the Apes, where he's basically a total nihilist. He just... he's He's got no... I mean, he just laughs in the face of hope, you know. Because <laughs> the movie, I mean, this is now in the future, and and they, their ship crash lands on a planet of apes.
0: Yes, a planet of apes. And
1: they're looking. There's no life. They're they're, they're wandering around. Their their ship landed in water, and they're looking for. Food. They're going to run out of food if they don't find any plant life and they finally find a little plant and it's just, yay, this is the best thing we've ever seen. And Then they find this nice little lagoon type thing and they go skinny dipping and then their yep. clothes are stolen and then dun, dun, dun. apes come and start rounding up humans and taking them and taking them captive and putting them in zoos and doing experiments on them. All the things that humans do to animals.
0: You monsters.
1: That's right. All the things humans do to animals, animals are now doing to humans. That's the twist. That's the first big one. Yeah. Yeah. But all through this, you know, Taylor, Charlton Heston, he's just totally, like, he's laughing at them when they're trying, you know, one of them plants a flag in in memory of uh, the one female crewman of their ship who died. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he just laughs and it's just this great moment <laughs> and Charlton Heston, huge smile, big teeth, just,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so slowly he's just, you know, he becomes separated from the other two. One is killed and one he thinks is dead. He's been shot in the throat, so he can't talk. And guess what? The humans can't talk either. But the apes can. He tries to communicate with um his doctor, the doctor who's looking after him, Zira. And he she calls him Bright Eyes because he's got an intelligent spark in there.
0: Turn around. <laughs> Every now and then. <laughs>
1: okay. Uh we gotta stop that now. Yeah, because there's no editing.
0: We could splice that move that song into the the, the episode. Wouldn't that be cool?
1: Unfortunately, I get that song stuck in my head whenever I watch the show.
0: I have a 10-minute so. version of that song.
1: Uh, so you have the shortcut of it. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's the, that's the edit, the oh, <laughs> radio <man>. edit. <laughs>
1: um, so anyway, the big twist is uh, – oh, another twist is he's put on trial and it's reminiscent of the monkey Scopes trial. Snopes? Scopes? Scopes? Scopes. Scopes. Yeah. Because that's the thing about the Planet of the Apes is that it really all of the movies try, not all of them succeed, but all of the movies try to make statements about um, uh, about culture, about our our point in time. And all of them do. I say they try. I didn't okay. say they succeed. I specifically okay. said they don't succeed. Well, that's what I meant. They, they don't all succeed. All of them try. All of them try. Yeah. Okay yeah all are. of them have something even if it's very surface level like battle for the planet of the apes it's very surface very surfacey, and it's stuff they've already tried before and it's just weak but we'll get to that so um, so that's the first real big uh, okay second the first real big thing is they turn society on its head and have animals ruling the pla- the, the planet apes rule humans drool um and the second one is this trial where you have some awesome, awesome imagery of the the three orangutans trying to have a trial and one of them, you know, as as Taylor's talking and you know, we 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 fly in space and we can do this, we can do that, and one covers his eyes, one covers his ears, one covers his <laughs> mouth. I mean it's the classic, you know, monkey yeah. hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Yep. Yeah. Um and basically he's saying no. Where I come from, monkeys were lower on the evolutionary scale. Man evolved from monkeys, and this is crazy here because what's going on? You know, how can monkeys evolve from humans? How can they be in charge? And all of the, every, everyone that I'm using a voice for just sounds like that really awful <laughs> Tim Burton. <laughs> I'm Charlton Heston. I Hi, I don't need a story. I got my teeth. <laughs> oh boy so anyway so that's your big trial there and then the other big twist is that it was earth all along the humans blew it up <laughs> they finally did it and there was Dirty some sort of apes. yeah, there was some sort of uh, nuclear holocaust in the past and he finds you know, that classic statue of liberty falls to his knees weeping they blew it up and i'm going to we'll get to that moment again but um steve any, any things you want to want to talk about here with with the original planet of the apes
0: the original planet cuz i kind of skipped over
1: zera and cornelius those characters and dr zeus
0: you know i am I, I was thinking about it the other day and um uh, a lot of like industrial music and 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 techno and things like that they will sample heavily from many movies like Blade Runner and Lawnmower Man and things like that. Um, You know, even Tron, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, But I don't think I've heard much sampling from the Planet of the Apes. And you have so much.
1: There is. You know? There are so many just quotable lines in this movie.
0: It's interesting. There's not more Planet of the Apes in the zeitgeist, you know, in the – and the uh, and the public brain, um, you know, you have so many other movies and franchises, Alien and uh, you know Predator and and all these different ones, uh, you know, that are so much more. For some reason, the 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 lines are are more memorable. But the thing is, there's a lot of stuff in the Planet of the Apes that that is very. Memorable, you know, you, you blew it up, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the you maniacs, yeah, you made you stuff blew like it that. up.
1: Take your stinking paws off me,
0: yes. Take it, and it could be that it's it is seen as more campy than the other movies. Um, so you know, and I, I was just thinking about it the other day, and I was, I, I, I didn't know why, so I don't know, just decided to throw that out there
1: yeah i did actually i was looking at some uh albums that were inspired by planet of the apes though that came out at the time and there was just this long long list basically there's well the short list comes from the the, that time period the long list comes from the 90s where there's just a ton of bands uh basically i think just grunge and punk bands you know just the the your independent garage type band um, mm-hmm. that was just they calling themselves Dr. Zayas and calling themselves different variations on on stuff in Planet of the Apes. I was surprised to see how many there were. So I have the opposite reaction as you. Huh. Although I don't know how much sampling was done. I didn't listen to any of the music because it did not look like anything I wanted to listen to. No? No. It's too bad. Well, you know, you look at the album cover art and it's just really grainy photos of a dude wearing a ape mask. I'm just thinking that's <laughs> that's a dude. That's probably one of the dudes from the band. Who's,
0: that, yeah. That's a guy.
1: Yeah. So it was, let's see. It was Charlton Heston who, like I said, played Moses and stuff. But in this movie, he is not at all the faithful follower. He is not. I mean, he basically, he looks at this as we're going to die here. We're at the the other end of the galaxy. We're going to die here. There's no one else here. When they finally find people, he still is kind of keeping that real pessimistic tone going.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I find it interesting because at the end, you know, he basically, he's saying, I wonder what it's like at home. I wonder if they finally did it. I wonder if, you know, if, if war wiped out mankind and all that kind of thing. But then when he finally gets to the end of the movie and realizes that they did, this is where, you know, I know... Basically, both of the big lines from this movie have "damn" in the in in the in the line. There's the "take your mm-hmm. stinking paws off me, you damn dirty apes," right. and then the where he sees the Statue of Liberty and he, he falls to his knees and he's, he says, "Oh my God!" And then he says, "I'm back. I'm home. All the time it was. We finally really did it. You maniacs, you blew it up." And then, "Damn you, God damn you all to hell!" But here's the interesting thing about that line to me. I know that he is using it and taking the Lord's name in vain. And I don't think he's actually praying. Okay. Because usually that's not an actual like legitimate prayer, but this is him calling out for justice. This is a man who sees nothing else in the universe. This it's just us. And when we die, that's it. But there he falls to the ground. He's had time to, I mean, it's 2000 years in the future. Mm Mm-hmm odds are 2000 years in the future we're not doing too well you know <laughs> and and his in his thinking that's what would happen but when he's finally confronted with the reality of it when he's finally confronted with the fact that humanity actually did destroy themselves you know he's he's struck with with anger and he's struck with sorrow and he's you know he's crying out with these words that to him it's a curse he's cursing but it's a cry for justice. You know, that's what people deserve. They did this. They're the most maniacs. They did it. (laughs) And so he's crying out for justice. And so I find that interesting. And we're going to come back to his cry for justice when we get into the next movie. But this is, you know, that heartfelt, Oh, I can't believe it. And it's, it's the kind of thing, no atheists in foxholes or, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) no atheists in, in, in New York city on the planet of the apes or, you know because right. that's where they had to have been because that's where the Statue of Liberty is <laughs> but yeah so then you have uh Dr. Zayas, mm. who is the bad guy of the piece there are no gorilla generals playing the bad guy we're going to see a lot of gorilla generals in the future but mm. in this one it's Dr. Zayas, and he's the one and this is where you get into some of the ideas of science versus faith he's the keeper of the faith or the protector of the faith he is defender of the faith yes he's head scientist and defender of the faith which is an interesting thing for this movie here and he is the one who it's it's interesting because all throughout the movie you get the impression he already knows he already knows what Taylor is going to find out
0: Mm -hmm.
1: they say apes can't fly You know, but he sees the plane and he sees the words that Taylor's written down he crumples it up and throws it away he's seeing this evidence and he's just destroying it and you get the impression that he is not surprised that Taylor is there or if he is surprised to actually see Taylor he's not surprised in the idea of Taylor maybe it's like oh man I heard it I kind of knew about this stuff but didn't think I'd actually see something Right. And so he's specifically trying to hide the truth, but he has good motives for it. Because his motive for hiding the truth is basically to keep his people, the apes, from becoming like the humans because of what the humans did. <laughs> he's he wants to he doesn't want them to get the technology that the humans had. And so, oh, flight, we can't let that be known. That's not good. You know, we we don't right. want high tech. We Lord. guns, okay. we'll, we'll have guns, yeah. but these things we're digging up in the city. Well, you don't want that. You don't. And so, Doctor Zayas is interesting because even though he's trying to suppress truth, he is trying to suppress truth to protect his people from that stuff. Right. So he, it makes for a surprisingly uh, complex character, considering. You're watching a movie about apes and people in <laughs> ape masks. So, right. any thoughts about Doctor or Doctor Zayas and uh, and or Taylor?
0: You know, it's it's interesting um, how they named the the different people. Um, and I'm, I'm gonna do a, a thing real quick what does zeus actually mean
1: <laughs> you what does it know you mean? have
0: you have cornelius you have caesar and then you have zeus
1: um i don't know i think it comes from the novel i, I actually could. think that his name just comes from the novel and i don't know if there's a uh no no zera zera and cornelius come from the novel novel but i don't think i'm wrong for that then
0: but it should have I mean, there, there should be some meaning to it. I'm trying to look at it real quick.
1: Well, it wouldn't surprise me.
0: I mean, it, it sounds Greek, but, you know...
1: Yeah. And, you know, you, when you get into some of the later movies, you have more um, meaningful names, I think, with, uh, like you said, Caesar. Mm-hmm. But that's not that's not for a couple of movies here. Dr. Zaius... No, he is in the he is in the novel, and he's orangutan, which are the uh, they tend to be the ones who are in charge, kind of the the, the political elite. Um, but I don't see any kind of uh, explanation of his name. So.
0: So anyway, <laughs> that's my thoughts. Okay. <laughs> Why didn't they name him something more? Uh, meaningful.
1: Well, because it wouldn't have fit the song, Doctor Zayas. Doctor Zayas. Doctor Zayas. Uh, okay, what about Cornelius then? Any um, Thoughts about that guy?
0: Cornelius is is uh, is Roddy McDowell's character. Yes. Yeah. Um, back in the like pre-Star Wars days, um, Roddy McDowell was my favorite actor because oh, really? of the TV show. Yeah, because of the TV show. Um and for some reason he just resonated with me he you know it was this guy but he was completely underneath the mask you couldn't see what he looked like you couldn't see you know anything like that so it, i think there was like some sort of a respect that i had for that yeah. actor um because he was just you couldn't see him you know why would an actor do like nowadays it would be difficult, except for you know Andy's circus or something like that. It would be difficult for someone to to take on that role because there's so much to do with face time in a role. You know that's why yeah. in uh, uh, you know Spider Man and stuff like that, you have the 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 villains taking off their masks to talk. You know, taking off their their helmets and things like that, so you can see their face. Because otherwise, that. That actor doesn't have FaceTime. Why would you put on a, a green mask and have that green mask be what people see when you're playing that character? You can't do that. So you know, there's there's a lot of different uh, um, sensibilities now with actors that a lot of a lot of actors wouldn't take these parts and i think even back then i recognized that that was it, it took a special actor to be able to first of all pull off playing a monkey and second of all to to you know to be that humble as to you know stay masked the entire time
1: yeah but some of that humility comes out in the character
0: mm-hmm, is the definitely thing. now too.
1: he he played three different characters in in the series and you can only see his eyes, which that brings a whole bunch of, you know, that, that's the life of the character is is right. in the eyes. But also his voice. His voice is very, it's a kind, good-natured voice, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why I say you bring up, you know, being humble. I think he brings a lot of his, his personal humility to the actual character. And I that's one of the things I like about him. I mean... In the first three movies, he plays Cornelius. No, he only plays Cornelius in the first and the third. Uh, and beneath the Planet of the Apes, he was, uh, Cornelius is played by another actor, but he's hardly on the screen. Um, so it's in the uh, the original and an escape from the Planet of the Apes that he plays Cornelius. The husband to Zira and Zira, Kim Hunter, she's also fantastic with with mm-hmm. her eyes. And by the third movie, you know, they both have really learned how to manipulate the makeup and the mouth and yes, the mouth is fake. When they talk, you can see inside and you're like, yeah, that's not really looking Mm. too good, but they are able to manipulate it and the eyebrows and do things with, you know, squints and with puffing out the cheeks. If they blow right into the makeup and that kind of thing (laughs) in conquest of the planet, of the apes and battle for the planet, of the apes, uh, Roddy McDowell is playing his son, his own son, Caesar. And in the TV series, he's playing Galen. I think is how you say it. Mm -hmm. A completely different character who, depending on how the timeline works, he might be related to Cornelius. He might not be. He's either a descendant or an ancestor of Cornelius. (laughs) Um, because of the circular time thing going on there, you know, he could go either way, but, um, he's fantastic. And Kim Hunter also is really, really good. We'll talk about her more. I think when we get to escape, but, um, So this movie, it's a downer. It ends... (laughs) It ends as a downer. So, Planet of the Apes, as far as scoring goes, this one, it's a down note. (laughs) We're we're ending with nuclear war destroying humanity. Kaboom. And, yeah, and and the one remaining human from our time, the one human who actually has intelligence and speech... Yeah, he's he's on his own with a woman named Nova. Mm-hmm. She can't talk, so she's not nope. much of a conversationalist. But no, nope. they they tend they, they seem to like each other well enough. Um, although I'm pretty sure some of that attraction is purely physical. What on Taylor's part? I'm just saying, just saying, no. Taylor. He's he's a man, he and he's he's with a girl.
0: I think I heard the radio version or the audio version or something, because I didn't pick up any of that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, we're not going to get into the whole putting them in the same cage purposefully for that. What? That, yeah. No,
0: we're not going to do that.
1: The Power Records one. I actually got to listen to the Power <laughs> Records version of this on another That's podcast. Awesome. And awesome. they they kind of glossed over that whole that whole thing. But um, anyway okay so anything more about the original Planet of the Apes
0: um no
1: it inspired I think lots and lots of people yeah. um Jack Kirby ripped it off wholesale mm-hmm. for his Commandy comic book series <laughs> um
0: Commanding. yeah oh dear it came out
1: the same year as 2001 and basically, between two thousand one and Planet of the Apes, you kind of got a new little renaissance of sci-fi movies between nineteen sixty-eight and nineteen seventy-seven, right. which I want to come back to in another episode. But um, sci-fi movies that weren't for kids, even though they, I think they both had G ratings, all right. But
0: well, it was a different, it was a different but, time.
1: Yeah, they weren't intended for kids. They yeah. actually had some thoughtful ideas, and they both had apes in them. So there's that too. So then, paired up with this, beneath the Planet of the Apes, <laughs> and, um, yeah. How do you follow up on this really popular Planet of the Apes movie, especially when your main character doesn't want to come back?
0: Um. um well, Charlton you know. Heston, he was done. Yeah, he was Went done and done.
1: That's right. Why would you do a sequel? Yeah, it's, uh, it's. Back then, you did sequels to bad movies. You know, I
0: lost, I lost you for a second there.
1: Back then, you did sequels to bad movies.
0: Yeah, like um, the Fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Creatures of yeah, the Black
1: exactly. Lagoon. I mean, those are the kind of things where <laughs> you, you put out these schlocky movies, and then you you follow up with another one. Son of whatever yeah. it was. Right. So, Son of the Planet of the Apes.
0: I mean, the Hammer horror
1: yeah <laughs> it's
0: like, let's use the same sets <laughs> some of the same scenes
1: yep, uh, yeah well that i mean godzilla totally that's what they were doing
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know oh we had this great special effects scene and if we just cut it just right so you can't see you cut it before the monster enters then we can use it in any monster movie right you know and so the, that's totally you know you're saving money but 20th century fox needed money they needed money now because they had some some kind of stinkers of some musicals and stuff like that that were just not helping their bottom line. And so they had this. They had Planet of the Apes. Let's go back to it.
0: There you
1: go. Charlton Heston was not interested. They convinced him to come back. Um, it was what I heard with uh, Han Solo. What Harrison Ford said, I'll come back and do your second little Star Wars movie if you kill me off. <laughs> um, I, and Spock. I'll come back and do that next Star Trek movie, but you kill me off. And, um, but with Han Solo and Spock, they kind of had an out. They were able to, without too much finagling, bring them back if they needed to and if if they were willing to.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, You know, Empire Strikes Back. Han Solo is in Carbonite, but don't worry, we have Lando Calrissian. So in the next movie, Mm -hmm. if Harrison Ford doesn't come back, we got Billy (laughs) D. Star Trek. We've got seven cast members. If we kill one of them off, even if he's the most popular, we could still do another movie. But let's drop him on the planet and show the coffin and just suggest that maybe, maybe something could happen. Yeah. Beneath the Planet of the Apes? There's no out. <laughs> <laughs> there's no out no. here. No.
0: There's, no, there's no sequel to Beneath the Planet of the Apes. There's
1: no way. Because, okay, so here's the story. Taylor, he's wandering. He finds mutants underneath New York, and these—why well,
0: wouldn't
1: you? Well, that's what—that's where. If if you're gonna find mutants, that's where you're gonna find them, right? You yes. know, and these mutants worship a bomb because
0: <laughs> you know, no brainer there.
1: Yeah, I mean, everyone knows that telepathic <laughs> mutants worship bombs.
0: Yes, you
1: know, it's not just a—it's a, not just a bomb. It's not just a nuclear missile. It's uh, the Doomsday bomb, <laughs> and it has. Yeah. Alpha and Omega letters on the for the Greek letters, Alpha and Omega. Right. <clears throat> so these mutants are worshiping the bomb. They take Taylor prisoner. And then for some reason, um, the apes are kind of going into the forbidden zone and the mutants aren't happy about that. So apes are getting crucified, <laughs> uh, which, you know, again, hey, uh, yeah, yeah. that's the, that's your that's your usual everyday G movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pixar, G- Pixar was doing crucified apes. Right. No well, slap okay, a G not. rating on that. Maybe not, but anyway, they're they're killing off the apes, you know, and so the apes want to go to war. <laughs> this is where you kind of get into one of the big themes: is <laughs> the apes as they're going away. You have ape protesters, you know, because it's it's the seventies, Vietnam. We're in nineteen seventy, I should say, not the seventies, but right. so you have war protesters, you know, peace, peace and freedom, freedom, peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so but then we have another astronaut. Because that's what you do when you have a sequel, you bring in another guy, right? So of James Franciscus. I don't know anything about this guy, but he plays Brent. The only thing I know him about I know about him is he's in this movie in, in Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Right. But um he's I've heard people call him a poor man's a poor man's Charlton Heston.
0: Poor <laughs> 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 yeah, man. Maybe poor
1: man maybe you know he's much smaller and, and doesn't have the same screen presence but he does he a good broke job
0: man's travel, chaut yeah.
1: so if you're watching this movie the beginning part is interesting uh with taylor and with uh brent you know crash landing and his his captain dies but it was just the two of them and the, what they say is that the first ship disappeared from earth sensors or something like that i don't know exactly for some reason, they were sent out as a rescue mission, right? And then they end up in the future as well. Of course, he doesn't know it's it's Earth yet, but he's going to find that out. He meets Nova because Taylor sent Nova back, and Nova has Taylor's dog tags on. Of course, she can't talk, but we get the communication there. And yeah, you get it. So they go back. They find Doctor Zayas. They find Zira. They find Cornelius. Doctor Zayas, and then here's a the general guy. Yeah, have the general ape, I think his name's Ursus. And mm-hmm. so this is where I, I feel like there's a meaningful name there because Ursus makes me think of um, Ursa Major and Ursa Minor. Right, yeah, Bear. bear. Yeah, Bear. A bear um, of a man. And or he's a warmonger. Mm hmm. You know, and so he wants to go to war against what might be, you know, whatever is, is doing stuff to their their people. You know, he's going to go and, and go after them. Dr. Zayas goes with him. You have a whole bunch of boring stuff in the middle here. where <laughs> Where Brent's finding out stuff we already know, he's meeting people we've already met, he's escaping, he, you know, you're kinda of getting the whole kind of a retread of the first movie. Um and then they end up back in the city and you have the showdown between um Taylor and Brent and the mutants, and then the apes come and they're shooting everybody, and they're gonna set off the bomb, but everyone's getting shot and then um nova gets shot brent gets shot everyone's getting shot everyone's dying and so this is where remember how i said taylor was crying out for justice at the end of the last movie mm-hmm. this is where he just gives it <laughs> he says you know what <clears throat> i already you know cursed everyone and said ask god to damn them all to hell
0: mm-hmm. in
1: my anger And now I'm just going to do it myself. And he sets off the doomsday bomb and blows up the planet. Cut to black. And you have the voiceover say, "In one of the billions of galaxies in the universe is a medium-sized star. And one of its planets, a green and insignificant planet, is now dead.
0: (laughs) So another happy ending.
1: Yeah, we're ending on a downer. (laughs) (laughs) The entire world has just been destroyed sequel obviously is not going to happen and that's what you know i i've heard two stories now i heard charlton heston wanted that to be that charlton heston was like listen if we're gonna do this we're gonna do this right you're gonna kill me <laughs> off at the beginning and they say well what if we just have you at the beginning and have you at the end so slightly more time and he's like yeah i do it as long as you don't just kill me off destroy the whole world yeah and then we can never come back to this but i also have heard that the um the producer, I think it is Arthur P Jacobs. His father was running 20th century Fox and his father fired him and they hadn't finished the movie yet. They hadn't finished. The, they were rewriting the script as the movie was being filmed. And so there was a lot of problems there too. That's that never goes well unless it's the wizard of Oz, wizard of <laughs> Oz. That movie should never have turned out as good as it did. Cause there's so many different people, so many yeah. cooks, you know, with the pot or whatever. But yeah. um, with this, Arthur P. Jacobs, someone said, well, how should we end the movie? And, and again, this is the story that I've heard is that he said, just blow it all up. Blow the whole planet up. Just this, <laughs> He's just really bitter because he was supposed to, you know, he was heir to the throne, so to speak, of 20th Century yeah. Fox. And his own father fires him. So he goes off and he he produces a couple more movies, some, he, some good sci-fi stuff. He, I think he's a producer behind Outland and um, maybe Zardox, <laughs> Zardoz, rather so maybe well I'm not gonna (laughs) I'm not gonna give him that much credit for that he afterward he was producer on. no he was producer on other apes movies oh I'm wrong about him maybe I'm just getting my Jacobs confused
0: there's a lot of Jacobs out there there are
1: there are anyway um so yeah, this is a pretty downer of a film, but this is <laughs> this is what I like about it. It's just it's so absurd. It's so absurd. You have the mutants worshiping the bomb because it gave them life and made them what they were because of the radiation turned them into mutants over the last, <laughs> you know, 2000 years. I mean, it's just and you know, they actually take the um this classic hymn, you know, the world without end thing mm-hmm. and, and put it in a minor key and give words about the bomb. <laughs> and so it just, it, again, now this is making some statements about religion here. This is making some statements about, again, um, present or current day society for, for with the, with the war stuff and, and all that. But, um, but yeah, so it's, it's a pretty ridiculous movie, but these two movies go together because this is the end of our history. With Taylor destroying the world and himself, human history is done. We're toast. Right. Or are we? Or are we? So, part two, we're going to talk about Escape from Planet of the Apes and Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Which um,
0: is basically the same movie.
1: Well, is it? What do you mean?
0: you could you know do you mean it's watching, the same
1: as the first movie because Planet of the Apes and Beneath the Planet of the Apes are almost the same movie and you could except, say Escape from Planet of the Apes is the same as the regular as the first one
0: no Escape and Conquest
1: are the same as each other
0: it's it's sort of like if you're watching part of one and you're watching part of the other oh one. I
1: see what you're saying is they they go back to back is that what you're sort saying? sort of but it, it's oh. like
0: you don't there's there's not enough separation between the two of them for it was sort of like when when I saw the first three lethal weapon movies. I didn't see them in the theaters because i I wasn't a big action movie okay. fan I was you know I saw them as you know we just sat on the couch and watched all three of them me and a couple of a buddies right straight through, so like the first three movies. Things happened, but I can't really differentiate between oh, what happened. It was just like it was it was all like a blur. I mean, lots of different things happened. It was three movies. Did something happen? If you said, "Did this happen in the first movie?" I don't know. Did it happen in the third movie? It could have. I don't know. Gotcha. But it, th- there wasn't enough differentiation.
1: See, Escape from Planet of the Apes is basically the same as the original movie, only it's apes instead of Taylor.
0: Right. It's
1: Cornelius and Zira. Now, in the last movie. Zira revealed she was pregnant. She she said something about you know, she didn't want to raise her baby in a society of war or whatever, like you know, because mm. they were going to war or whatever. But um, this one starts out with another spaceship crashing. There's these people just can't drive spaceships. They just they keep crashing them. Every movie starts with crashing spaceships.
0: I know. It's but like with the worst astronauts in the world. <laughs>
1: So the the it's Taylor's ship because um, Brent's ship was beyond repair, but Taylor's ship landed and then sank, and so the impression was you know with this movie was uh, well we'll get to that in a moment here but it starts out with the astronauts getting led out of the spaceship and what do you have? They take off their helmets and it's not the humans that the human people were expecting. It's apes. (laughs) <laughs> it's Cornelius, it's Zira, and it's Milo. Dr. Milo, who repaired the spaceship and who, between the time the guerrilla army left the city and went and killed everyone and, and caused Taylor to get really mad and just blow everyone up, mm-hmm. you know, between that time, they were able to get in the ship, launch it. I, I mean, there's There's some time stuff here that... Uh, you have to really say that there's a lot of time happening between scenes for them to have enough time to fix the spaceship, learn how to use it and then and then take off in it because they say they saw the planet explode from space. Yeah. So who knows why they what decided we'll go into space right now because it's not like you can predict, <laughs> you know what that group of apes with only rifles is going mm. to go and attack people that they think has been attacking us The world could blow up very soon. We should go into space right now to avoid that.
0: Especially with only rifles. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But the ship that they were on ends up following Taylor's course backward in time and lands just a few months after Taylor's ship left. And so basically, as far as people in the 70s are concerned, Taylor left, disappeared. Brent left to go after him. And then... Taylor's ship came back, you know, all in the course of months or years. Mm -hmm. So they land and it's fun. I like this movie. I don't, I don't have any problem like you do, except that I've watched this a few times. You know, like I just watched them last, you know, the last couple of weeks here. Right. But, um, because this one is, of course, Dr. Milo dies and he dies at the hands of a horrible 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 looking gorilla <laughs> it, oh, Steve I've been watching a lot of the Incredible Hulk TV series lately mm-hmm. and There's an episode that has the Incredible Hulk Going into a cage Okay Well they throw Bruce Banner or David Banner into like, a cage
0: with, and it's a, a with a gorilla
1: Yeah. And so or the Incredible Hulk Fights a gorilla
0: Which supposed to be a gorilla
1: Yeah which okay those words, the incredible Hulk fights a gorilla mm-hmm. that should inspire thoughts of incredible awesomeness. <laughs> but don't, you know that when they wrote the words on the screenplay, they're like, and then the gorilla attacks him and they're throwing sticks and they break the bars and they're, they're outside of the cage and he, and the Hulk throws the gorilla and you know what he's typing. And he's like, that's so cool. And then he turns into the script and it's, Oh well, you know what we need to get. We need to get Hal over here, and we'll just put him into a, we'll put him into that gorilla costume that they had at my daughter's birthday party the other day. Yeah, I think it's the same one they used in Escape from Planet of the Apes. <laughs> oh, it's a really bad costume that they use here. And he strangles Doctor Milo. Fortunately, the gorilla's not on screen for too long. Unfortunately, every moment he's on screen is too long. <laughs> nice. But. But the rest of the movie is really good because it's Zira and Cornelius. We like both of them. They're two of the best parts from the last two movies. We got Roddy McDowell back as Cornelius. And they're living life in modern day... I think it's San Francisco. And it's so... It, it's refreshing. It's fun. It feels like a family movie. And in fact, they're about to start a family. And so that's where you get some interesting <laughs> ideas first of all they put them on trial and I love the way they reveal that they speak because they've already shown two people that they can speak as they're on trial um, Zira is answering some questions but the answer she gives could be the same kind of thing a parrot could say <laughs> and so then Cornelius stands up and they, they talk to him and say well what about you can you speak too and Cornelius says only when she lets me and it's a great line. He delivers it perfectly, and it's also so awesome because that's the line that reveals to everyone in the room that they not only can say words, they have meaning behind their words.
0: Right.
1: But they're put on trial, and uh, you know they they we, you know, basically a trial for their humanity kind of thing. And then that's where you get into some of the stuff with um, revealing the future, and they give pregnant Zira. Um, wine and truth serums and stuff, and they get the story of mankind's future.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Apes will take over, and the world's gonna blow up, and they're gonna <laughs> the try and survivors. stop it.
0: <laughs> Apes,
1: yeah. So with Zira and Cornelius here, though, um, they want to. They have a child, and this is where this is really interesting stuff. So they they kind of gloss over it, and in the power records thing. <laughs> They, mm-hmm. they just say they're going to take the baby away. Um, I believe that the words that they used in the movie where they're going to terminate the baby, I can't remember now. But they're basically saying we're going to um, – we're going to let Cornelius and zero live. But we're going to keep them under wraps and we're going to sterilize Cornelius and we're going to abort their baby That's in a G-rated movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but it's an ape baby. So it's not like it's – you know.
1: It's an ape baby, but it's the ape baby belonging to Dr. Zira and Dr. Cornelius. These two scientist apes that we have grown to love and trust and like. And so when they want to escape from the planet of the apes. See, that's where you kind of can get a double meaning for the title. Is that, yeah, they escaped the planet of the apes that blew up. But that happens before the movie starts this escape from the planet of the apes they're escaping from us because we are the apes man (laughs) we're the ones who are going to do things that are inhumane and I've been thinking about that and I don't know if it's because of these apes movies I've been watching or what, but I've heard people complain. Why would you have a humane society? Why would you say, you know, we should be humane when we're dealing with animals? And it's not that we should be humane to the animals. It's that we should act in a human way. And the human way is to be kind, you know, and to take care of things and not to torture animals and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But so the the inhumanity that's happening is done by humans in this movie. Now, Cornelius... He wants to protect his wife. He wants to protect his child. And so he accidentally kills a man by pushing the food tray in his face a little too hard. And he hits his head on the wall or something. I don't know exactly. but
0: Hasn't hasn't that happened to most of us?
1: Look, look. If I had a nickel for every time it happened, <laughs> I mean, I'd have like three quarters right now. So. You'd
0: have like nickels aplenty.
1: Yeah, yeah. But they're escaping. They're running away. And this is where Ricardo Montalban comes in <laughs> as the circus guy, and he's going to take them in. But what they're going to do is they're going to hide, and then they're going to – when the heat is off them, they're going to make way and find the, his circus. And then they're going to go into the Florida Everglades on the other side of the country by going with the circus, and they're going to live in the Florida Everglades, the three of them, one big happy family unfortunately uh, it doesn't work out that way and I think Zira does it on purpose but um, Zira I know she does this on purpose she switches babies with a chimpanzee that just had a baby in the zoo Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and then they're running away to go hide in this shipyard of, of a ship graveyard kind of thing and she leaves her suitcase in a place where it can be found and you can't tell is she leaving it there because she's tired and or not thinking or is she doing this on purpose to protect her child I almost get the impression that she leaves it there to commit suicide so that the heat will be off and their baby will not be persecuted but they hide and while they're hiding um, humans come chase them down gun them down Cornelius falls off the top of the boat onto the deck of the boat it's this long fall where his legs fall at such a weird angle because it's a dummy and it's just ugh. and zira she drops her baby when she gets shot and then the dude shoots the baby monkey
0: <sighs> how could you do that
1: it's terrible it's so awful well i mean a, it
0: is it, it is just a, a monkey but still it's a baby monkey
1: well technically it's an ape but you know what I mean? i know what you're saying she takes well, the monkey throws it off the side of the boat and then goes and dies on her husband and that's the end of the movie another downer <laughs> um, <laughs> because the thing fun. is the thing is Steve this is not just a monkey i mean technically speaking the way i would look at what zera and cornelius are they're aliens
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: they're they're mutant monkeys maybe they're mutant apes but they're basically an alien life form that has sentience in the confines of the story right and they've just gunned down their baby. You know... So it's like
0: gunning down a baby alien.
1: Right. And the difference is it isn't it isn't their actual baby. But as far as that guy is concerned, it is. But he thinks, and this is again, we're getting into some gray areas, he thinks he's doing this to protect humanity mm-hmm. from apes taking over. So again, you have this... And they even have the conversation, I don't know if you remember this or not, but they even have the conversation about you're going to kill their baby to save our future. Um someone else tried that once before and, you know, now we're celebrating Christmas, you know, it's that kind of thing where it's like, <laughs> that, that's not the line they use but basically he's, he's referencing Herod King Herod mm-hmm. trying to kill baby Jesus, you know and, yep. um, and and so this is where you kind of get in some Terminator stuff too, where you have this idea of we if we kill this will it change our future um, the future that they talk about though, and this is where we're getting some timelines here this part two is where I think the timeline diverges from the original two movies, uh, because Cornelius gives us a timeline of the certain ape who said no, and I can't remember the ape's name, but it was not. Um, it, they named their baby Milo, but then in the next movie he's going to change his name to, to uh, Caesar, and this this baby is not the one that says no. You know and and it's not supposed to happen until you know five hundred years later, and mm-hmm. it's going to happen actually you know ten years later or twenty years later right and so if you take Cornelius at his word, the timeline diverges here, and so the future that Taylor goes into is going to be different, which I would love to see that story by the way <laughs> I would love to see I'd love to write that story if i if I was still writing fan fiction, I'd consider that mm-hmm. um but Taylor he's going to go into a future now where it's been changed. The apes took over earlier and part of why they took over earlier or were able to is because of, of what this man did when he, he killed off Cornelius and, and Zira. If Cornelius and Zira were, have been able to just been left alone, have their family, it's quite possible that apes and humans would live in harmony. Yeah. So, uh, So that's escape from planet of the apes. Oh, so every movie has the big twist ending, right?
0: Right.
1: Um, in the first movie, it was, it's earth all along. In the second movie, it's earth is destroyed. And in the third movie, it's Ricardo Montalbán talking to a little baby ape. And then as he walks away, (laughs) the little baby ape says, mama, mama, (laughs) mama, mama, mama. And that's what we're left on. We're left on this ape. that It's a real chimpanzee that they put makeup on to make him, make the the chimpanzee baby look more like um, Zira and Cornelius. Mm-hmm. A poor little thing. I watched some of the extras on the Blu-ray. And they showed <laughs> them applying the makeup to this little baby chimpanzee. And I was just, oh, man. And then I saw them filming this, this scene here where the baby's supposed to say, Mama. And you could see, as Ricardo Montalago, as soon as he walks away, they have the trainer off... To the side, you know, moving his hand up and down because they're trying to get the the little baby chimpanzee to move its head and move its mouth. But unfortunately, it didn't give them what they exactly wanted because they end up looping the film. So it's this back and forth kind of thing where mama and the head goes up, mama and the head goes back down, mama back up, same footage, mama back down, only reverse footage, back up, mama. You know, and doing it so his mouth moves in time. But oh, it's so unfortunately bad because this is a fun movie I really really enjoy this movie you're not going to understand what's going on for the most part unless you've watched Beneath but Beneath the Planet of the Apes but I, I enjoy Escape from Planet of the Apes okay. I think it's the s- second or third best in the whole series wow. in the whole franchise mm, maybe third or fourth because these new movies are really good <laughs> but as far as the original five goes it's the second best First Planet of the Apes is the first best. Escape from Planet of the Apes is the second best for me. Um, but it might flip with Conquest. So here's what we get with Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. This is where we get a lot of racial tension, and we get battle scenes that they went back and watched some of the race wi- race riots footage, and tried to make the battle scenes at the end of this movie look like that footage, mm-hmm. and it's effective. And this is where we get our first non-G-rated Planet of the Apes movie. <laughs> and it was going to get an R rating. So they wow. cut some Oh, they cut some stuff down. And oh my goodness, I watched the extended cut for the first time when I was getting ready for all the... I was so excited about Planet of the Apes. I've been watching a lot of these movies. And I watched that extended cut. It is bloody. Oh, <laughs> man. There are... Well, there's... We'll get to it. So this is all about Caesar taking control. Um, apes are now everywhere, and they walk upright. I don't know what happened in the last twenty years to cause them to mutate to this point, but cats and dogs all died in a plague. <laughs> now that's important, okay? Of
0: course they did.
1: It's important, and they actually have a scene with with Malcolm. Um, I say Roddy McDowell. Not Malcolm McDowell. Roddy McDowell and Ricardo Montalbán are standing in the square of the city and there's a statue of a dog and a cat. (laughs) It's in memory of our beloved pets. right? You know? And so now apes became pets. And then, well, no. We can train them. And so apes are, you know, running the hair place. (laughs) And they're retrieving books at the library. I mean, this movie... If you just trade out apes and put in robots, you've got the mm-hmm. beginning of the matrix. This is the, this is the, this is how the matrix happened is the, the robots took over. That's right because right. humans were just you know not not appreciating them. nope. And so things are really bad though they're basically a slave race and it's really just this funky um, themes of uh, slavery and racism. And I do find it interesting that when all – with all the racism that gets thrown around where you know humans are not as good as apes, apes are not as good as humans, um, the apes are pretty racist against each other. Basically, anyone is a gorilla. They're just violent and you know they are Yeah, because they're a gorilla. they like gorillas. You know? <laughs> they're going to – they're just – they're warmongers. And even Zira, I was a little put off by her character because she's she's really dismissive of gorillas. They're who blew, who who went to war? Oh, it wasn't us. It was the gorillas. They do that kind of thing. <laughs> so anyway, they are. Uh, this takes place in twenty years in the future. So this takes place twenty years ago. It's nineteen ninety something. So it's already happened. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that time, uh, Steve? Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember that time when the apes took over?
0: I remember. Where were you yeah. on that day? I I was at the mall. Oh. And one of my friends said that he, he heard, he, like, he, I was in a bookstore. And my friend came in and he said, did you hear about about the, the apes? And I, he told me the apes had taken. And I said, no way. And he's like, yeah. And he, he actually had to bring me. I didn't believe him. He actually had to bring me to his house. And on the TV, on like CNN or something, it was, it was like over and over. They just kept playing it ad nauseum.
1: Well, this is you just, it's 1991. Yeah. So the 24-hour news cycle had just started.
0: Exactly. You so know, it was like – They needed like to do something. Of, and I was like, oh, well, now I believe you. I saw it on TV. So obviously <laughs> it must be
1: true. See, for me, I was – 1991. So this is my junior year in high school and we were doing mm-hmm. musical The Sound of Music. And all of a sudden, the ape that we had backstage, who was doing the curtain, he just said, NO! <laughs> and he wouldn't open the curtain! And so wow. we had to get one of the humans to do it. Ugh. I know,
0: That's
1: it was disgusting. terrible. Humans don't do that. Okay, anyway. So it's 1991. <laughs> <laughs> it's the future. <laughs> um, yeah, so, basically, um, Cornelius is... Uh, or, not Cornelius. This is Cornelius and Zero's son, Milo. Um, he's hiding uh, he has changed his name um, to Caesar and he and um, Ricardo Montalban they're coming into the city because their circus is coming into the city and there's a big misunderstanding where um, another great line from Planet of the Apes where it's basically um, oh, what What does he say oh, I can't remember now but he, he yells out something about human I don't remember Human bastard. I don't know something like that, but he's, he yells out from a crowd, and of course, no apes can speak yet. They can mop your floor, right? You know, they can do your hair. Mm-hmm. If you give them sign language, they can go and retrieve a book from the library for you. But um, they can't speak yet, and so um, Ricardo Montalban says it was him, which doesn't make any sense because they, they they actually call him out on it. They're like, "Well, say it." Say it so we can see if it matches the voice that we heard. (laughs) And Ricardo Montalban, well, you know I am uh, Spanish, and um, and Roddy McDowell, well, uh, I'm 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 British, you know, and I'm uh, I talk a lot like Tim Burton, but um. (laughs) So you have them. Almost
0: everybody does.
1: Yeah, exactly. We all talk like this, except for Roddy, except for uh, Ricardo Montalban. He doesn't talk. Why does he talk like this? He doesn't need a story. (laughs) He has a Spanish accent. Um because his mouth is made of rich corinthian oh man ricardo Montalban. his voice is smooth as silk yeah he makes well, he makes star trek 2 but we're not talking about star trek 2 ryan it's mcdowell like, from, though
0: from hell's heart i stab at <laughs> me i'm like yes stab <laughs> at me from hell's heart please ricardo with that voice of yours
1: oh but st- this this all makes sense now because those humans in 1991 They couldn't tell the difference between Ricardo Montalban's voice and Roddy McDowell's kind of British accent voice, which makes sense now why they would have cast a British guy to play Khan in the last Star Trek movie. Because you can't tell the difference between Ricardo Montalban's voice and a British actor's voice. Of course, it's the same voice. Oh, it makes sense. So anyway, (laughs) they arrest Ricardo Montalban. He ends up getting killed. Caesars on his own he ends up getting um, he, he puts himself in with some other apes so, and he ends up getting sold into slavery to the guy who's in charge of ape management you know convenient <laughs> convenient the yeah. guy who's in charge of ape management by the way is searching for Caesar right because he's, he's positive the ape spoke and so they uh, oh my goodness They're, then we have the war and this is where it gets bloody. I mean, we've got headshots, we've got them dragging dead humans and piling them up, and there's fire and there's smoke. And you're not just reminded of these riots, but you're also I'm reminded of um, footage I've seen and and movies I've seen about the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. You know, with these piles of bodies and all the smoke and flames mm-hmm. and everything. And um, but the apes win. They they strategize. They you know during the time when caesar is planning the uprising um no one is suspecting a thing and so they're like pe- apes are bringing their grocery list to him and he's adding things onto the grocery list like bullets and ammunition and stuff and so they're going to the <laughs> grocery store you know to pick up you know hot dogs and buns and ketchup <laughs> and bullets you know and then they bring so the bullets might- back to him and then take the hot dogs back home or whatever and yeah. you know he's strategizing and he almost seems to have some sort of mystical control, you know, where he – it's like he can almost telepathically let these other apes know just by his presence, you know, you should rebel. And so he goes and he, he looks at the the one who's in the restaurant and the one who's in the restaurant starts a fire. And he, he goes and he looks at this ape who is sweeping up and, and the ape picks up the garbage can and throws the trash all over the place, you know. and <laughs> It's all going – crazy the apes are in charge it's a madhouse a madhouse and so he so there here's where you have two cuts of the movie and this is where it's really interesting in the g-rated cut he gets up there they're going to kill the guy in charge of ape management and and caesar gives a speech where he's saying you know we are going to rule you it'll be a planet of the apes but we're going to put aside our hatred, and we're going to put down our weapons, and we're going to treat you well. We are going to rule you, but we're going to rule you with compassion. And this is a couple times in this movie they talk about the will of God, or maybe it was the second movie that Ricardo Montalban was saying, "If if we are going to be ruled by apes, if it is God's will that we be ruled by apes, I hope it's apes such as you." that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And in um, his speech, in, in Rodney McDowell's speech at the end of um, conquest of the battle of the, of the Planet of the apes, he says "It is God's will that you mankind will be dominated <laughs> with compassion and understanding. <laughs> and so we're not going to seek vengeance against you for all the terrible things you've done to us. Instead, we're going to be nice. We'll be benevolent <laughs> dictators, <laughs> but in the original cut, uh, this is they're about to kill the guy in charge of ape management, but then they run the footage backwards of the apes getting their gun butts ready to smash him and they run it backwards so that they're like moving up and moving their gun away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had to recut a whole bunch of this stuff. Um, they added in all the niceness in post production <laughs> uh, and Roddy McDowell came in and recorded a voiceover for this, but they use a lot of close ups of his eyes and, and things like that that you know cutting room floor stuff, mm-hmm. w- but that they wouldn't have to match his mouth to. Uh, and the reason all this happens is because in the original they are going to kill that guy, and he is going to see him dead because he does not like what they've done. And we're going to destroy all of you. We're going to kill all of you. We're going to. This is our planet now. And the apes then just start beating this guy to death, <sighs> just beating him to death, and. It's it's a violent end to a really violent movie. Um and so in in the recut they actually have um Caesar's woman, uh Lisa, uh just as they're about to kill, she shouts out No which is the first word an ape ever was supposed to speak mm-hmm. and is the first word that is spoken by an ape who is not Caesar in this movie. Is is Lisa. Saying, no! And so that's when he says, but, okay. <laughs> we won't kill you. But we will rule you. With a velvet glove. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's an interesting movie, though. I really... Again, this this is a franchise that I really enjoy.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and, I can tell.
1: Yeah, and this is an interesting movie. So then, this is where, then, he says, we're going to rule you, but we're going to rule you nicely. And the movie ends there, um, and that's the twist. you know, this is the beginning of the Planet of the Apes. In fact, they added in the line where he says something like, "And now you have seen the beginning of the Planet of the Apes um that's that's a line that they added in so that's, I think right. the last line, but um but yeah, Lisa yelling, "No, Caesar, they've won the war. It's again that visual mm-hmm. shock, and you've got the big twist, so where do you go from there well a children's movie <laughs> they're going back to the children's stuff man
0: right
1: um and this is the first movie that they made that even though all the other ones had g ratings except for the last one which was pg mm-hmm. this one it feels like a kids movie and it feels like a it feels like a two hour tv episode <laughs> nice. it's the battle for the planet of the apes i think that they knew at this time that they were going to do the children's or do the tv show and so they needed to kind of put on kid gloves for this one I think uh, because they in fact I know they knew they were gonna do the TV show when they were making this movie and so I think that they were like well we're gonna kind of set up the new status quo and yeah I feel like this is a, this is a new timeline so this is part three of our conversation is is this kind of new timeline stuff right this and the, stuff yeah this and the TV show and the cartoon and so you've got Battle for the Planet of the Apes. I don't even oh man, the story makes a little bit of sense. Um, Caesar had never met his family; he never met his parents and never heard their voices. And so he's told that there uh, there are recordings in the city of their voice, and so he could go in and and find those recordings. Um, and what he finds, you know, it's only twenty years later, but in the twenty years that have ha- gone by uh nuclear war has occurred uh, the cities are destroyed the apes do rule the planet but they rule nicely they're mm-hmm. you know they're they're nice guys yeah. um they treat humans okay they're learning to talk the gorillas are learning to talk they're they're doing school for the gorillas and the orangutans and the chimps and they're learning to spell and they're learning to read and um you have a gorilla general um is it Urko in this movie i think Or the tv series
0: i'm not sure
1: i don't know either but you have a you have a um a general ape you know and he's he doesn't like what caesar's doing he thinks caesar's too nice because those apes treated us bad and and so caesar leaves he takes his friend virgil who's played by paul williams (laughs) paul williams steve that's Paul Williams
0: something special right there
1: but it's Roddy McDowell again and he's the best part of the movie it's Roddy McDowell and you have Paul Williams Paul Williams is good he plays an orangutan who knows all about science and time travel and stuff like that
0: like most orangutans do
1: yeah yeah they go into the city they find the tapes and then he gets to see how the history goes the future history goes and how the world world is destroyed in the future Um, But in getting the tapes, they alert the mutants of their presence. And so we see the beginning of the mutants, too. And they aren't as bad off as they were in Beneath the Planet of the Apes. But they're there, you know. And they have a bomb. (laughs) Really? It's it's the bomb. Yeah.
0: Sometimes you just can't get rid of a bomb. It's true.
1: (laughs) Truth. You have just spoken. Um, And so they – then you have a battle and it's really weak man. It's so bad. It's just no budget to it. You know, and it's better than it should be, but not as good as it could be.
0: It's so bad they named the movie after it.
1: Yeah. And so they 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 have a battle and and the apes of course win and and then we um have the you want to know what the big twist ending is?
0: Yeah, let's have it.
1: Well, the one of the most sacred laws is ape shall never kill ape. And the general accidentally kills Caesar's son. And so they have to find out what happened here. What happened?
0: (laughs) What's going on here? And so after
1: investigation, after the battle, they realize, oh, the general killed your son, Caesar. So um, the son fell off a tree that the general cut the branch with his machete. Right. And by the way, seriously, seriously damaged me as a child watching that scene. (laughs) <laughs> seeing these crazy, scary apes chase a child ape up a tree, yeah. But at the end, Caesar, you know, chases the general up a tree, and the general slips and falls off the tree and dies. But it's okay. Caesar oh. did not kill ape. Caesar was just chasing him up a tree, and he happened to die. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, but the big twist, twist, that uh, big twist ending is that six hundred years later, we we open the movie in 2600 or something like that and the lawgiver is telling us the history of the apes we go back to the lawgiver and the lawgiver is actually speaking to a group of humans and apes (sighs) twist they get along this is the new future right Wow. Yeah, see, this is what I'm saying. This is why we have this—we have a divergent timeline here.
0: The series has more twists than Chubby Checker. <laughs> it's amazing.
1: But you want to know the big visual moment, just like that of big course. moment where you see the Statue of Liberty? Of course. If you've seen this movie, you remember this. You might yeah. not remember it until I tell you, though. I'm you get a close-up it. of a statue of Caesar. And the lawgiver is is teaching the children under the shadow of the statue – and He says, "You know, humans and apes, we coexist together, and the and we're we get along." And a human child says, "Who knows about the future?" And the lawgiver says, "Only the dead," which I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know what it means. But then you you pan up to the statue of Caesar, and there's a statue, and a tear is coming down the eye of the statue of caesar (laughs) wow and this is where you say to yourself wow this franchise where what okay so yeah that's special that is battle for the planet of the apes and then you have the tv series which has two more astronauts who crash land
0: the planet of the apes
1: they crash and it's all – I feel like this is meant to be like this divergent timeline and they are trying to get home. They realize it's Earth. It was Earth all along in the first episode.
0: Right, of course.
1: And then they just travel around and they're trying to find different scientific things and computer data tapes and uh, – or disks or whatever and, and they're going from place to place. It's the fugitive. It's the A-team. It's – um. It's Logan's it's run. Either. it's any number of those t v shows where they're just moving to a new location, new adventure they end up helping an ape or a human using you know human ingenuity,
0: yep, and then one of them turns into with a hulk and then he has to leave exactly yeah.
1: exactly, and they play the the sad piano music
0: do, 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 do. um,
1: but what tells me that and this is me thinking way too much about this. What? You
0: thinking yeah, way too much about the planet of the apes? That can't be possible.
1: Well, this is how I know it's a divergent timeline. The last episode is not meant to be the climax to the, the series. Um, they're never going to get home based on this episode because this is the last one. But in the last episode, they <laughs> they create a hang glider. <laughs> and Cornelius goes on this hang glider. And so you have flight on the planet of the apes this is how we know it's not the same timeline anymore right? because in Taylor's original timeline, they didn't believe the flight existed. And when he made a paper airplane, Dr. Zayas crumpled it up.
0: That's right. Cause it didn't exist.
1: It shouldn't exist. That's and right. so, so anyway, I mean the, the TV <laughs> series, I don't recommend it the way I would recommend like some episodes of the Hulk or, um, right. Logan's run, I think is a fun TV series, you know,
0: yeah, and it's 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 just a product slash victim of its time.
1: You know, <laughs> That's there a good was way to just put it.
0: so many that were that was the formula back then.
1: Yeah, no, it's the do-gooder formula. It's the yeah. the do-gooder comes into town, um, does good. He does good, and he's on the run. It's do-gooder right. on the run
0: because of something he didn't do.
1: Yep. And, well, in this case, they did do it. They were humans. Well. You know, and that's why they're on the run. They're, they're I mean humans.
0: nothing. It, it's it's not like they did anything particular. They just were humans,
1: right? And so they're on the run from. I think I'm per, I'm pretty sure General Urko is the one in that, and it's played by Mark Leonard, who played uh, Spock's Stark. father. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you also have the cartoon, which doesn't. To me, the cartoon doesn't fit into any timeline. Uh, all of these movies and the TV show fit into one singular um, series of events. Taylor goes, causes trouble, blows up a planet, but by blowing up the planet, he sends back apes that change the course of history, right, and so we have this new history timeline with the this TV show yeah. uh, so oh the by the way,
0: first movie and the first movie and the second movie don't actually happen, but right,
1: and so you could have a else new wouldn't
0: have happened unless those things happened
1: exactly, so it's that time loop kind of thing or the time yeah. paradox, yeah. and some people. I think he's the, the writer of the last three movies, he intended it to be a time loop. And so at the end of that battle for the planet of the apes, Cornelius Caesar's statue, rather Caesar's statue is crying because they think they're going to live in harmony, but they aren't. It's going to end up really bad and the world's going to blow up.
0: it in tears
1: <laughs> from a statue. <laughs> so, um, yeah so the tv series though eh. uh oh i was gonna say they 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 cut five was it five yeah they cut ten episodes of the series into five two hour tv movies really yeah yeah and if i had oh, i don't think i have it here no i i don't remember what they what they are but they when they presented these tv movies they got roddy mcdowell to come back and who by the way roddy mcdowell was in the tv series and that's also nice i mean that's what another reason why i like the tv series is because you get to spend more time with roddy mcdowell
0: yeah,
1: playing basically the same character um but they got him back to play galen the tv character um but with some gray put into the um makeup into the the hair from his mask Mm -hmm. so he's older and he is... It's like... It opens up as... Oh, I wasn't expecting you so soon. Come, sit down, sit down. Let me tell you a story about these two amazing people that I met. And and at the end of the movie, he's like... Oh, so that's our story for today. I'll see you tomorrow, same time. And I, uh, I found on YouTube... I found these frameworks. I really wanted to know if it was any good. And and it is. Because it's Roddy McDowell in, in Ape Makeup. I. And, if you like McDonald ape makeup then yeah, it's good. But it's really cheesy. I mean, it's really <laughs> cheesy stuff and he had to work in the title. I'm going to go ahead and find those titles cuz I want to I have them. Oh, you do? Okay.
0: Yeah. There's Back to the Planet of the
1: Apes. Okay, so that's that's one where he's like, "Oh, and now we're back to the Planet of the Apes," you know. Right. And one of them was like Life, life liberty, liberty and, and pursuit the Pursuit on the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, Life, Liberty and Pursuit on Planet of the Apes or right. from on. Yeah so, yeah. so he treachery had that,
0: and greed on the planet of the apes
1: well that one was easy that was when they said and they only found treachery and greed on the planet of the apes <laughs> uh, but the life liberty and pursuit on the planet of the apes was really it's just awkward but every single time they show him he's doing something different like he's kind of putting something together and one he puts like he's, he's working on this thing and all of a sudden it snaps and it's like a snap trap kind of thing and then at the end Uh, And like in the fourth one, you see that he's like making a a doll, an ape doll. Mm -hmm. And then in the last one, at the very end, his framework, he says, oh, and so um, uh, Burke and I can't remember the other guy's name. Burke and uh, Burden, Burden, Burden. Yeah. And so Burke and Verdum, they went off to one city and they never came back. So I think they found their way home. (laughs) <laughs> and so that's the that's the closure for the TV show but then you see what he's been building this whole time all these little elements from all the the previous four he was building an ape with a leash and the leash is on a human and the human has symbols like you know, the classic a, uh, a monkey toy that has a symbol, but it's a human holding it, and he made <sighs> he made that, and so that almost makes it worth, or almost made it worth for me the, the twenty minutes to watch all of them and <laughs> and get to that point, like, oh, that's what he's doing, okay. you know. Yeah. But I think we should stop talking about the bad Planet of the Apes and talk about one last part, part four, the reboot stuff.
0: Reboots.
1: Wait, I thought, uh, yeah, I, I did say we're going to stop talking about Planet of the Apes, but Tim Burton made a Planet of the Apes movie. Oh, did he? In 2001.
0: Huh. fancy that.
1: They were trying to make them from 1970, whatever, until 2001. They've been trying to make ones. Did you know that Arnold Schwarzenegger was actually attached to a Planet of the Apes remake? <laughs> it would have been really odd. I, I could odd. believe
0: it. I can believe it as a head. Like if he played the part that Heston played.
1: No, no, he would have played, it, it would have taken place like on earth and there would have been a, um, it almost felt like Omega man type stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm not remembering exactly what it was, but it almost felt like an Omega man kind of thing where there's a disease, but he was immune and the apes, you know, were getting smart and it's an action movie. I mean, it was a Schwarzenegger movie where he's running around shooting apes and stuff but they, huh. they never made that movie okay. instead Tim Burton got to make his Apes movie and there is some good stuff to say about Planet of the Apes by Tim Burton um, story is not one of them
0: no no okay.
1: story there acting human characters not so much
0: there is there is acting but,
1: but it's not, not one of the good points necessarily no, no. the makeup though is really, really? good if you want to see no, it, ape makeup that looks really fantastic,
0: that is re- this like actual ape makeup, or is this uh like CGI?
1: No, ape? no, no. This is this is prosthetics and makeup. And you are seeing the the human inside, you're seeing them bring you know themselves to the, the forefront there. But it is it is prosthetics, it is contacts, um, it is not at all cgi. I mean I'm sure there's some cgi in the movie, but not for the ape characters. They couldn't do it yet. I mean this is 2001. Mm-hmm. And they they just wouldn't have been able to do it. So, yeah, it's it's good stuff. And I think I want to say it's Rick Baker.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: That's I might stuff. be wrong about that, but <laughs> um, but it's one of those, you know, important guys, you know. Yeah. Uh, important, important makeup guys, and no, Stan Winston. No, okay. Stan Winston. Okay, I'm on Wikipedia. Stan Winston was the original makeup designer, but left. Fox considered using CGI, but Burton insisted on prosthetic makeup, and Rick Baker designed it. So I was right. Hmm. So anyway, um, I uh, the the ape makeup is fantastic in this movie. And some of the production design is fantastic, but it's almost all sound stage and so it has a fake feeling to it. Um oh, and then the Danny Elfman score is really good. Is it? Yeah, it, it is really good. I really enjoy that. Lots of percussion and and he's got a little bit of some of the uh you know, modern rock type feel to it, but there's a lot of of just real good um Just percussion going on and weird instrumentation and stuff like that. Cool. So, um, I don't know if there's too much more to say about that. There are some ideas in there. There's, you know, the ideas that apes believe humans don't have souls. You know, and so you're you have what what makes ape different from human and what makes you know what makes you sentient basically. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's some interesting ideas that you could draw out of there, but. It's just not as enjoyable as some of the other some other movies not I'm not even saying apes movies but there's other movies that are more enjoyable that go to the same places and right even if they're not as good of, you know technically speaking so and then you have the new the new franchise stuff this new so that one series.
0: doesn't have much to do with the the next two movies
1: it has nothing to do with the next two movies okay in fact technically it has nothing to do with any of the planet apes movies you have the original series which goes to the tv series for me and then you have that cartoon which is good it's a fun cartoon um if you like that kind of thing you know old 70s filmation type animation uh if you can get past the animation style there's some interesting ideas and some cool visuals and that but but here's okay i'll get into it i'll go ahead tim burton's movie ends the big twist is that at the beginning the big twist is this is not earth. It's a, a spaceship crash-landed on the planet like a, you know, 500 years ago or something like that. And they had experimental apes on that ship. And so humans stayed the same but lost technology. Apes, on the other hand, started, you know, for whatever reason, started Developing speech and all that kind of stuff and and being real, you know, civilization. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so that's where Mark – I'm not going to call him Marky Mark. I'm not going to disrespect him.
0: (laughs) You just did. No,
1: I didn't call him that. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, he lands on the planet and he finds it in the future of the crash. And and it turns out it's his space station that had crashed there. He was in a, a little pod trying to save his chimp buddy. (laughs) <laughs> who was lost in a, a cosmic storm. And see, this is where the story is just like, Oh my goodness. There's so much stuff to get through just to get him onto a planet of apes. And, yeah. um, and when he finally gets there, he's just on the run. You know, it's a madhouse and you get all the, you know, the different classic lines. Charlton Heston plays an ape. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool. But then the whole movie just ends with him. His, his chimp buddy comes down. and It's like the second coming. Uh, and this is actually a prophesied thing that this chimp would come and lead them. And some people have been using the religion to, um, you know, to manipulate society, whereas other people actually believe that, you know, this chimpanzee will come down to us, you know. And so his his buddy chimp comes and then he you know, there's a big fight and the the main bad guy gets defeated. And then Mark Wahlberg gets back on his spaceship that his chimp buddy brought and he's gonna follow the trail the trail back home. He's gonna do anything it takes to get home.
0: The end.
1: Not what? the end, because you have to have the what? twist ending. Oh, I forgot about the twist. The twist ending. He goes to Earth. He's going to crash. Everyone's crashing spaceships in these movies. <laughs> And he's getting, you know, voices, he's, he's, he's over Washington DC and he's getting voices saying, you are in restricted airspace and he crashes in Washington DC and lands at the foot of the Lincoln Memorial yeah. and he gets out and there's police cars coming and he looks up at Abraham Lincoln and Abraham Lincoln's head has been replaced with the head of the bad guy from the movie.
0: And it's Abraham Lincoln.
1: Yeah, and he turns around and, and the apes are there. And this yeah. is where I say you could you could actually fit this into the timeline of the planet of the apes. The only thing that doesn't work real well is that it's the bad guy. It's the... I can't remember the general's name or, or whatever, but um, he... Um, it's his head. And so somehow he came back to this planet before Mike Wal- Mark Wahlberg got there. And took over the entire world because the police cars come driving up and it's apes coming out of the police cars and there's fire trucks and there's um there's sightseers you know and they're all apes but they're all walking more upright and less ape-like <laughs> than they were the whole movie i mean i when i first bought the dvd i watched a whole bunch of the special features and they were like showing ape school ape training they spent 2 weeks, 3 weeks or whatever like in ape <laughs> training about how to move your body and all that kind of thing. Wow. Well, um and so these guys who are coming out of the cars and stuff, they didn't do the ape training it doesn't look like. But that makes them look more like the apes from the original series. And so the you could almost make the case that Mark Mark Wahlberg in the new timeline goes into the future of that other planet goes back in time, but not quite to his own time and crash lands after Caesar took over in battle for the planet of the apes or conquest of the planet. So you've got Mark Wahlberg coming back to the planet of the apes that was created by Caesar in the, the last two movies. Okay. So you could tie that in if you wanted to to the original series, but it's not meant to. No. It's it's a remake. They call it a remake anyway. It's it's not technically a remake of anything that we've seen, but it's kind of, I don't know. But this new series really are remakes. Rise of the Planet of the Apes is basically a remake of Conquest of the Battle or for the Planet of the Apes. Okay. And Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is actually a remake in a lot of ways of Battle for the Planet of the Apes. So it's really interesting cuz Dawn is so good. <laughs> it's really interesting that one of the best movies of the franchise is actually a remake of one of the worst movies of the franchise. <laughs> nice. So, but these new movies, they have a, they're rich and they're good and the special effects, you know, you have Andy Circus mm-hmm. playing Caesar. And he he brings the same thing to it that Roddy McDowell did you're watching this new series and without Andy Circus, it would be a different thing altogether and the same thing with the original movies without Roddy McDowell has been a different thing altogether and so it's it's fantastic the, I, I really red box it man <laughs> or I'll, uh, you know, I can could, I could loan it to you or something but something. Um, <clears throat> it's really really good so I I I really enjoyed both of them. And Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Again, spoiler, if I if we do a review episode, um you're going to hear me say it's one of if not the best movie of the summer so far. Wow. It's it's just it's really really good. It's the plot has some predictable parts to it. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean there's some really predictable parts to it where you're just like, "Oh, that happened because now this is going to happen." Oh, yep. I was right. It happened, and it's not the kind of thing. It's not like, oh, I, I saw Doctor Jace. You know, I knew sixth sense what the twist was. You know, I I knew all along. All right. Um, and it's not like you know this is what Rosebud means. You know? <laughs> it's not that I wasn't doing that kind of prediction. I was. It was fairly easy to to predict what was going to happen. There was only one or two things where I was like, oh, I didn't see that coming but it's so good it didn't matter. I mean it's just there's a it's visually stunning. I'm not sure how well it's going to hold up on a second viewing mm-hmm. having seen it already. But there's some really really good stuff in that movie. So wow. I enjoyed it. It's it, you feel like you're watching a foreign movie because the apes are all doing um lots and lots of sign language to each other. <laughs> and so it's subtitled. <laughs> it's it's subtitled, That's so interesting. It's, yeah. So it's like you're watching a movie made by apes, but well, we can't understand what they're saying. So it's a foreign movie. It's not French. It's not Japanese. It's ape. Um, <laughs> Apeinese. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really good. So cool. Yeah. All right, Planet of the Apes. There's some stuff to talk about. I mean, these are. They're sci-fi movies. I like watching sci-fi movies that makes me think. And these movies, they make you think. Some of them, mm, you don't have to think very much. But, <laughs> 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 but it's there, you know? It's there.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, you know, so. there's a lot to to bring out in them especially if for someone who enjoys it so much obviously like you um, to to walk through it in your shoes and you know to th- see it through your eyes is it's very interesting um, and it's more of a um, you know more of a, an experience <laughs> than uh, than having to sit down and and, and it, some people would think it's grueling to try to you know, watch so many.
1: And I would totally agree that it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. And that's why that first movie, even if you don't like it, it's one to see as homework, you know, as, as (laughs) sci-fi homework. It's a movie that, you know, it gets referenced so much in pop culture. Um, I think that some people might even think it's referenced so much in pop culture. Why would I need to see it? And I can understand that too. Um, but if you're interested in sci-fi and want to see where a lot of things are coming from um you know go to that movie but on the other hand this new series it's it's different and it's it's definitely has that modern sensibility to it um you know it, there's big fight scenes you know <laughs> and that's that's there for a reason
0: yeah
1: um but the thing is that there's a big difference between these two new Planet of the Apes movies And the new Transformers movies, both of them have big fight scenes, but only one of them has a big fight scene with characters that I actually care about, (laughs) you know, to where, okay, I want to see. I I can pretty much predict where I expect the battle scenes to go and Mm -hmm. how they're going to play out, but I want to see because this Caesar chimp, I care about him. And I found myself genuinely in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes genuinely thinking about the characters and genuinely thinking about how, you know, this guy or that guy, um, their relationship, you know, it, it makes, it makes sense. I like their relationship and I I feel bad when they feel bad. And even though I know something that they don't know, because I'm predicting what's going to happen in in the future of the, the movie, um, I'm still feeling it because I'm feeling for the characters, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's good tension, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Tension doesn't mean you don't know what's going to happen next necessarily. Right. A lot of times tension comes from you as the viewer knowing more than the character. And so I'm, you know, I know more than them because I watch movies all the time. Right. And they're in a movie as far as they're concerned. They're not, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's, it's just, um, it's, it's just a really well-made, well acted and interesting and, and visually interesting and so it's enough that yeah where where the weaknesses in the plot are it, it more than makes up for it more than makes up for it so I really enjoyed that but it's a different kind of movie than the original series and I like it in a different way than the original series cool so but there's a lot of franchises where there's some tone shifts and this is one you know you have RoboCop mm-hmm. you know that was R-rated, but then has the cartoon series on Saturday morning and action figures, yeah. <laughs> and Godzilla, and mm. and that. But by the way, both Godzilla and Planet of the Apes, uh, the new ones, are San Francisco. Wow, and, and have major set pieces on the the Golden Gate Bridge. Huh. So I've heard people talking about how San Francisco is the new New York when it comes to <laughs> destroying things in movies.
0: It's um yeah, there's a lot of San Francisco trouble happening.
1: Yep. On the big screen, my friend, Watch out X- San Francisco. X-Men 3. Yeah. X-Men, X-Men 3,
0: San, 3, San Francisco.
1: Francisco. Yep. Um Dirty Harry. San Francisco. Was it? Yeah. Know, the streets
0: of San Francisco.
1: Streets of San Francisco. That's right. Yep. Set in San Francisco. I think so. Well, you know.
0: Hawaii 5
1: At least the first episode.
0: Right across the water from
1: San Francisco. <laughs> well, I think we talked enough about Planet of the Apes. I got it out of my system. All right, then. It's out of my system. And <laughs> I'll be talking about this. Uh, actually, I'll be appearing on, if if it all works out, on Real World Theology. And cool. talking about Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. So I might not do a, a Strangers and Aliens episode. Because it would just be me. So maybe this is it. But it's out of my system. All right, then. It's out of my system. So you and Dr. Jace don't have to worry about another Planet of the Apes episode. I'm not <laughs> going to suggest it anymore until, what, 2016? Could be. Yep. Untitled third Planet of the Apes film, July 29, 2016. So, so two yeah. years, my friend two short years two years of not having to hear about it and then at that point who knows what's going to happen so <laughs> <laughs> alright Steve any last words anything you want to want to say
0: I was going to say something in the ape language but you know it's sign language right so
1: yeah it doesn't work on, on a podcast
0: so I think you have the last word then
1: well they also used English
0: well there you go I'll say something in English
1: And they did do some <laughs>
0: <laughs> If you say so
1: Yeah, I do say so Okay. Alright, well, the last word is going to be this then Thanks for listening everyone And Godspeed You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast Hosted by Ben Avery, Steve Macdonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at podcast.strangersandaliens.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call one alien and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening. podcast is a proud member of the crossover nexus a network of podcasts and blogs exploring christianity and pop culture and also featuring a roundtable discussion of podcast episodes featuring lots and lots of different hosts from your favorite christian geek podcasts discover more podcasts that engage your faith and imagination at crossovernexus.com